welcome to the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as Scottcast. I have Ian here for a milestone episode number 10. We've hit the double digits. Ian. Yes. Are you excited? 10. That's we, all your fingers. That's all the fingers. Unless you're some For kind most of, people. Yeah. <laughs> that's an excellent thing. I'm very excited. I don't think I've done 10 of anything. Really? I usually bottom, like max out at eight push-ups. Okay. So, I, I don't know. What other 10? I did like two pull-ups on your... Uh... Two pull-ups, eight push-ups. Yeah. But now that we're on the 10th episode, you know, most podcasts, being the low barrier to entry medium they are, tend to have fizzled out by now. So, we're practically legends of podcasting at this point. We've joined the ranks of the elite. How do you feel about that? You feel good? Yeah, it's it's your cast, but I, you're you're, I feel on, like, you're along for the ride. I feel like we've come to ten like before, like we've rebooted. It's we've never been at ten. We've probably rebooted ten times. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> but I don't count that. This is ten, ten times of Scott Cast of acceptable premium Scott Cast, primo Scott Cast, okay. if you will. Yeah. I'm sure before we get to 100 podcasts, I'll start deleting other podcasts, and it'll be a... So if you want to be a true fan of ScottCast and have the complete collection, you got to download these episodes. You can't, you can't rely on me to keep them up, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be pulling stuff out left and right, and if I don't see it fit, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be George Lucasing some episodes, just completely replacing conversations. So you're going to have to go back and listen to more to these things. More often, I've already edited a few episodes. You should digitally enhance uh, conversations. Like just pull entire chunks of episodes out and put insert like Stephen Hawking, R.I.P. Uh, kind of conversation. What do you mean Stephen Hawking, R.I.P. kind of conversation? Like very obviously computer generated speech. Oh, we're making Stephen Hawking talk. Yeah. We're gonna bring him on the podcast. Yeah, and say he was on before he died. That's some sneaky stuff. I mean, not, no, not that's not exactly I, I mean, that. I'm all for <laughs> taking Scott Cast to the next level, but this is. I'm not saying we should we should and misrepresent broad. I can't even understand going to Mars. What makes you think I can understand any of the things he said enough to be able to write lines for him? Like all I'd be able to say is, "Ha ha, I'm a computer voice." Ha ha ha. Penis. I'm saying ha, ha, instead ha. of deleting episodes. Mm-hmm. We could insert dialogue mm-hmm. via computer. Okay. A la Stephen Hawking. Oh, oh, okay. Okay, so we're going to need to get a computer engine voice. Yeah. Something. You know, we're legends of podcasting, but I gotta. I, I like to keep it real. I like to keep it raw, mm-hmm. you know, as well as esoteric. And we've been doing pretty good with esotericism. No. <laughs> Don't call it that. <laughs> We've been doing good with the esotericism. I don't know if that's a word, but I'll go for it. We've been doing well with it anyway, so we don't need to bother. That's our... But we need something real and raw. Yeah. And you know what's real and raw about ScottCast right now is we're bleeding money. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's coming out of all, all areas and we need to f- bail fast. You know, we got hosting costs. We got, we got, we got, you know, all these, we got op- these cameramen we got to pay, right? They're very professional, <laughs> and we gotta we gotta pay the editing crew. We gotta pay mm. um, the catering crew. You know, we got a lot. This is a huge operation, Scott Cast. This is not a two bit thing, and so we need we need monthly income. We've been campaigning for Ganesh sticks, which are the best sticks. They forget the rest of sticks. Forget the other sticks. We got the best sticks, the Ganesh sticks. With that said, I want to get to the ScottCast programming and the ScottCast email bag. Okay, we got an email here. This is the audience interaction portion of the pod because I want to make sure that the audience knows we care about them and knows that we're listening to what you have to say, to the things you like, and we want to provide a podcast that works for you. If you want to write into Scott Cast and be featured on the audience interaction email bag portion of the pod, please write to hotforscottcast at gmail.com. That's H-O-T, the number four, and ScottCast, S-C-O-T-T-C-A-S-T, at gmail.com. 
The first email today, the only email today, we only got one email, comes from Master Charles at gmail.com. Batnipple himself. I'm so glad he's still a listener. He's one of my favorite recurring segments. We've got, he's, his, he's the first nicknamed character. I'm glad he's hanging on. Yeah. This is, he's got to be a rough ride for he's him. He's our core right now. <laughs> when I think of the audience, I think, okay, Master Charles, he's somewhere, somewhere in Virginia doing his Virginian thing. I don't know why he went to Virginia. We haven't really talked since high school. So I need to, I need to catch up with him. But I, I like this one-way broadcasting towards him. He's been tuning in, and he's been listening, and he's got a he's got a thought about my cat situation. I've wanted mm -hmm. a, I've been looking into getting a second cat, and naming it Selena, after Catwoman, Selena Kyle. My other cat's name is Kyle. And he writes in, he says, "You should get a dog and name her Selena." Well, I can't get a dog here in Hamtramck, because the landlord won't allow it, because apparently. People get sued for a dog bites lot because it's a close-knit community, a lot of walkers, mm -hmm. and there's no real good fencing on this property. I suspect. Depends what kind of dog, I guess. It depends what kind of dog, but I know specifically for this property, I can't get a dog. I'm not moving anytime soon. Point is, I'm not getting a dog because, okay. A, I, a it, that's a lot of hassle to start with, and I don't want a dog. I'm not a dog guy. I'm more okay. of a cat person in the sense that dogs, they always want attention. So I'm not getting a dog. So no dogs. I'm not getting a dog. Why would I do that? Because it, I would be back to square one. My original reason for wanting to get another cat was because I'm tired of explaining why I have Kyle as my cat's name. And when I have a cute little story about Catwoman, people are going to be like, oh, that's cute. And they're not going to... Why gonna... is it a dog? Yeah, why is it a dog? And then it's like, <laughs> and then it's just more of these same questions. <laughs> And the point is, I want to eliminate this part of the conversation. Let's talk about, let's talk about my animals' characters, my, their personality. Let's talk about what they say, what they do. Let's stop talking about these superficial things, like what they look like and what their name is. You know, I want to get real. I want to get raw, not only on this podcast, but in life, too, because you only get one shot at life, folks. And if you don't take it in a real, raw, esoteric way, you'll suffer misery for the rest of your life so anyway so this was terrible feedback master charles this was that's that's the best you could do you listen this is like like i i know you're listening to it we expect more from the bat nipple i do a little expect a little bit more from bat nipple i expect i mean we've given him a lot of content and and he is writing in so I, that's a big good thing but that's what you say i should get a dog that's that's what you give me. That's the that's how we're that's how we're that's how we're going with this. You're gonna give me the least amount of material possible, and I have to turn it into like five minutes of podcasting. You know, because you know you know I need this for the content. For crying out loud, Scottcast is not a cast that automatically generates content just by looking in the newspaper. This is all for me. This is all and Ian and David. Once point is. We need better feedback. And I've got a challenge I want to offer my listeners. Sorry. Are you excited about this? I'm excited to hear it. No, I told you about this. You are excited. I are am. you? You sure? Yep. Yeah, I just... <laughs> <laughs> I immediately forgot about it. Let's hear about it. Okay. Well, you were very excited <laughs> the first time around. What I want to do is I want to offer... Scott Cast listeners, one of a kind opportunity to own a custom Scott Cast shirt for free. All you have to do is send an email with a better comment than that one. Just anything better than I should get a dog instead of a cat. Anything. Like, give me a paragraph or a story or ask for ask a genuine question for advice. Ask for advice. We look great at advice. So that concludes our email bag segment. If you're interested in getting a shirt, all you have to do is email hotforscottcast at gmail.com and beat the dog comment. And the first person who does that will win a shirt. Isn't that exciting? The first or the best? First. Okay. Well, 
Yeah, first. So it's time trial. Get on it. Yeah, that's right. All right, now we're on to the main segment for the video portion of the Scottcast. This is for book lovers. This is for the people who have a reading list that is so inexhaustible. There's no chance that they'll ever get through it, but they keep adding to the fires anyways. The indefatigable inferno of their reading lust. Right? I like that. <laughs> That's for the literary folk who are tuning in. I have some great stuff. I have so get your pens out. Write down your write down the most titillating titles. We got ten books here. I brought eight of them. Yeah. Eighty <laughs> percent. We didn't really coordinate on what kind of what how this book themed podcast was gonna go. And I, I pulled these two out of my ass uh, about an hour before we started. That's right. So I picked out nine books, he picked out two, and I got rid of one of them, and now we're doing ten. First book I have, first recommendation, is New Jack. Check a look at that. Isn't that a good looking book? Is that nice? It's a wonderful, wonderful volume. Written by Ted Conover. I don't know how to say his name, really. I've only read these things. Do you get that where you're reading a book and then, like, it's a name or something like that? And you read it one way and you read it in your head one way and it's like that. And then there's a movie adaptation or some friend reads it. Mm -hmm. And then they start telling you about the book and they pronounce it differently. And does that madden you? Like commute and commute? Yeah, a little bit like that. (laughs) Does it madden you when people... But like, or like, a, I remember when the Harry Potter movies came out. Mm-hmm. When the Harry Potter movies came out, uh, Hermione. I didn't. I never. I never pronounced her name like Hermione. I, I like. How did you view it in your brain? I think it, I did the kid thing where I, it was a word that was hard. I was like that word, and then I continued because <laughs> it was like Hermione, Hermione, Herman, Hermione. Okay. It, it was very like I definitely never had the I sound in her name. So, like, like Ted Conover. I don't know how to pronounce his name. If it's Conover or if it's Conover or whatever it is. He does a kind of immersive nonfiction writing where he, where he gets along with a group of people. Like, he rode the rails with hobos once. And in this book, he spent a year as a prison guard in Sing Sing Prison in New York. Interesting. Right. And he just wanted, because he wanted to write about the prison life, wanted to write about the life of prison guards and what it's like. Mm-hmm. But they wouldn't let him interview any of the prison guards, and none of the prison guards wanted to interview him. So he wanted, but he still wanted to write about it. So what did he do? He didn't, he didn't stop there. He just became a freaking prison guard for a year, stopped writing, you know, for the conflict of interest thing. I guess if you write later, it's not mm-hmm. a conflict of interest. <laughs> <laughs> just don't write during, <laughs> and there's no problem. But if you get the job and you quit, you can write about it. Yeah. That. So that's what he did. It's really raw and it's really real. So I, I thought I it was a very it. fitting book for Scott Cass. So this is good because I, I thought that I was coming with zero content. Right. And like immediately um, my brain clicks and I'm like, oh, that sounds a lot like what... Uh, Stanford Prison Experiment. What is that guy's name? What was the Stanford Prison Experiment? Um, Stanford University, a very prestigious university. A psychology professor was interested in um, kind of power dynamics. Mm -hmm. And so he set up this experiment, and they were all students, and he randomly selected some to be prisoners and some to be uh, kind of guards. Okay. And like created this prison environment in the psychology building, right? Oh, and this is the one where like uh, the people who were chosen to be guards all of a sudden like started feeling like entitled and absolutely, and, and, and authoritative. They like, they like went fucking crazy, and he had to shut that shit down because they were like it was like Lord it, of the Flies out of control. Absolutely, wow. So that's basically, he covers that kind of dynamic, what yeah. actually happens in prisons and like how that dynamic plays out. And sometimes it's a lot like that, where there's a lot of brutality, there's mm-hmm. a lot of authoritarianism. But sometimes it's, uh, there's a relationship between the prison guards and the prisoners. And like, that's how the prison guard keeps the peace and keeps things moving along. 
is that he just develops a relationship with people and makes it and that kind of relationship makes it easier so it's just there's a lot of really interesting takes on prison culture that could only come from somebody who was there and paying attention and taking notes that kind of like someone as talented as ted conover would be philip lombardo is that his name that's the stanford prison guy Philip Lombardo. Did he write a book about that? He did. Okay. I think it was the Lucifer Effect. Lucifer Effect. Really? That's what. That's pretty. That's pretty hardcore. Well, I mean, it's. Uh... That's a pretty hardcore name for any kind of psychotherapist. I feel like to pick, they usually go for like this enigmatic, like yeah. the ego and the superego and the id. To be honest, his his book about it, I was kind of uh, off put by it. I feel like he wasn't very scientific analysis of the situation okay well i mean he probably wrote it as a narrative to you know rake in the bucks like that's the, yeah i mean because he got all that notoriety but no one's gonna let him experiment anymore right <laughs> right exactly <laughs> yeah so it was i mean i, I don't blame how did guy. this get by the irb i don't know all right our next book fates and furies by lauren groff isn't that a is that a beautiful little volume right there? Lovely. Is that nice? I like how much thicker your books are than mine. I mean, <laughs> maybe I just have a lot of time on my hands. That's all that really means. I mean, people only read so fast. And if you're reading fiction, you shouldn't be trying to speed read it anyways. Like, you should read about Take 200. Take time and enjoy that shit. Yeah, it'll average out to be about 200 words per minute, maybe. But Don't worry sh- about that noise. Yeah. <laughs> that's just that's just another refreshment for you. So like yeah, when you read, this is how I read. Is it? It's I take about. I read about two hundred words per minute. I've timed it before. I think. Really. Something like that. Like when I'm reading, I think that's the top speed. Like when I'm just reading really fast to, to read. Um, to like just get through something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I'm reading fiction, like you can't really go by the average speed. Because I'll be I'll reread a passage a million times if I like it or if I want to understand it better. Yeah. Or I'll go back and like I'll, I'll something I'll particularly this book, Fates and Furies by Lauren Groff. Let's take a look at that. Particularly for that book because it offers a story from two different perspectives. Because it's the story of a marriage, and the mm-hmm. first half of the book is from the male perspective from a man named Lotto. And you get a you get a whole story of his life from from meeting this woman to death, mm-hmm. and uh, well, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the second half of this book goes from that perspective to the wife's perspective, and you mm-hmm. and and you see a completely different version of events, uh, a completely different life even mm-hmm. and, it, and it really emphasizes that stark dichotomy between two people who uh for all intents and purposes are extremely close to each other yeah i found that really interesting it's a super good book it's like it's won awards i think president obama was like this is the best book ever something like that like that's not even me being silly you see that that is an endorsement from for that particular book that's that's what draws me to like certain movies like it it has that uh that shift in perspective yes and that's that's so interesting to me right she's really good at that she's written other books a lot of short stories too um my favorite book of hers is probably this one but the one that really got me into her writing she's like my favorite modern writer is monsters of templeton and it's a book about uh like a small town kind of drama but within this small town drama like a Loch Ness monster appears and dies on the beach and like that's like overshadowing the whole thing so it's like it's big it's like a very very character driven dramatic piece Mm -hmm. but there's also a Loch Ness monster involved so obviously you know she's got something something that targets me and her writing stuff Lauren Groff I'm gonna get into on that. It's, she's really good. She's also got a great bit of short stories, so if you can check out her style there, 
if you don't want to invest in a full novel. All right, next book. <clears throat> Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay. This is a really good book. We talk a lot of comics on this podcast, so I thought this would be a good one to feature. I'm just going to keep doing this. We're going to be... We only have three cameras, so we're going to be showing off the books separately. And now he's going to have to be miming himself doing that again when we do this, these close-up shots I'm showing you right now. So this is by Michael, another one of those names I don't know how to pronounce, Caban, Jaban. Uh, it's basically the story of how comics became to be, but it's fictionalized. Uh, between these two main characters, Cavalier and Clay, and it fe features a lot of like the origin stories for like Stan Lee and stuff like that. Like, okay. Clay is a very Stan Lee-like character, and the way he works and the way he goes about things. Cavalier is a refugee from World War II who ends up going on a lifelong revenge mission against the Nazis, and uh, it is an absolutely fantastic book. It won the Pulitzer Prize somehow. And I, I, I believe, I mean, you can see how worn and tattered this is. Mm -hmm. Right. I read it a couple times. And it is a, definitely a book I'd recommend any, like, anybody who's into comics, high fantasy. There's like a Salvador Dali character in there. It's fantastic. One of my favorite books. Now, this is, like, I probably the least comedic Scott Cast segment I've ever done, but I am having so much fun just doing the little book thing. And with that said, we're coming on to the book Ian brought. Oh, Notes from the Underground. Notes from the Underground. Tell me a little bit about this. You've wanted me oh. to read this for a long time. This is my favorite in the world. It's a great book. It's very thin compared to Scott's books. I have very <laughs> large books. But... It is a Russian novella by Fyodor Fyodor Dostoevsky. 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 To be fair, the words that you pronounce are much mispronounced are much harder to pronounce in general than the words I mispronounce. Slightly in Crime and Punishment. He's he's written thick books. This is not one of his thick books. What is this book like? An internally tortured man. First line is, "I am a sick man. I am a wicked man." This gentleman who's who's struggling with his own identity with his relation to the world around him reminded me a lot of Catcher in the Rye. Except, oh, that's right, J.D. Salinger. Except not shit. <laughs> <laughs> you did not appreciate Catcher. Did I, you have to read that in high school? I didn't have to. Okay, so you read that coming I read that in your own accord. In my own accord. I didn't care for it. When did you read it about? What, what age? I was in college, probably. That's probably why. It's not intended for college yeah. age people. It's like maybe in my in my high school years I could have related to Holden Caulfield. I read it in high school, didn't relate to him. I thought he was a phony. Exactly what I thought. Right. He's complaining about these phonies. He was a phony. He was quite the... I mean, I guess maybe that's kind of the point. But at the maybe. same time, it's like, I don't really care that that's the point. Yeah. But it was it was this, this same idea of like... The world around me is so horrible, and I'm I'm so good. And why can't they see that? And this is like that, but in a more mature way. Again, like turn of the century Russian novel novella. So it's it's kind of a unique perspective on that sort of uh, coming of age idea. Mm at least compared to what I've been exposed to. It's not quite the millennial experience. Though. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> if you had to pigeonhole it, that's not where you But But uh, it very much, like, the emotion of it definitely spoke to me at the age that I read it. That just spoke to me on an emotional level, and I was that's one of my, my favorites. I like, I'm going to have to read that one soon. You, wa you wanted me to read it. I think I got a Kindle version or something like that. But I don't know. The Kindle version didn't really quite grab me, so you got to get the right um, translation. Oh, okay. Richard P. Veer, Larissa Volkov. Richard, <laughs> the one. <laughs> you to get the translation by Richard. How many Richards translated that book? There you right? Go. That's that's the one you need. The one by Richard. Richard P. Veer. 
All right, so I've got a book, another classic. This one didn't require translation. This is written in English. Uh, Dubliners. It was one of my favorite books by James Joyce. It's a short story collection. I used to write a lot of short stories. Yeah. And when I was living living in uh, when I was living in Illinois, mm. I wrote a short story. And like, the idea behind it was I was really struggling to get started with a story because I was uncertain about like the like I was really uncertain about anything about writing. I wanted it to be perfect, and I didn't know how to make a perfect story. I didn't really know anything about the elements of story. So what I did is I took a story from Dubliners, and I kind of rewrote it, like word for word rewrote it uh, with a different character, different nouns, different verbs, but the sentence structure was exactly like the short story. So that way I could say, my rhythm is good. <laughs> the, the, it's evenly spaced. It's about the right length. Because it's exactly a James... That's how my mind works, because it's a James Joyce story. So it must, there must be some merit to the way he wrote. And, I, and these stories all sucked me in so much that I just had to find a way to emulate that effect. I think nowadays that what drew me to these stories is their, it's the use of epiphany in, this, in the fact that he really is a master of writing a story and doing exactly what it takes to finish that story. And like, like you know how Ernest Hemingway is the, you know, no, no excessive kind of writing thing. Mm-hmm. People don't credit James Joyce with that, but he's the same way. But he also writes big, sprawling experimental fiction. Yeah. So get into this stuff if you haven't. And if you're a nerd like us. You'll appreciate it. Next book. More modern. Same thing, short stories. David Foster Wallace, Girl with Curious Hair. Take a look. Isn't that nice? This one, uh, the title is bold enough that I probably don't even have to make a separate... All three cameras are picking it up pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get this book if you haven't... If you want to... Especially if you match our demographic, apparently. Because David Foster Wallace is lauded among young like white males is that right yeah basically i i didn't realize this until i was reading an article that said that my exact demographic was stereotypically loving of david foster wallace i'm I'm immediately skeptical you gotta sell me on that what do you mean that bothers me that bothers you that someone would just say it's like targeted to yeah, I don't think he's target. I don't think the writer's targeting it, but somehow our demographic really laps this stuff up. I mean, it's really good. I love it. It's stunning, immaculate prose, very vivid, draws you into the scene. He mm-hmm. writes from the perspective of a lot of different characters, like he he writes about sociopaths and roving punk gangs. Uh, he writes about LBJ, and all of these things are like perfect. He writes about David Letterman. And everything is like exactly like how it would. It's like almost like you're there. He's super, super good, and he writes sentences that you wouldn't believe would be possible to really work. But they work. They work perfectly. They're like page long sentences, but they make sense as a sentence, and they are one thought. It's just a very complicated freaking thought, and so it, it gets people like us going. Uh, I'm I'm wearing this as a joke, by the way. <laughs> Kinda. I wanted it to. I wanted to look like a prof- professorial person. I love this jacket. It makes me feel very professorial. But uh, I'm not very professorial, so I don't get many chances to wear it. So I wanted to wear it with my Tom Steve Dave T-shirt. This is my book potting outfit. Because we got to get going. Let's get this thing moving. Archer files. Film war, detective war stories from a literary perspective. A lot of, a lot of characterization in this. All sorts of good stuff. Fantastic, very gritty, very real. Warren Zevon loved this author, Ross MacDonald, yeah. and that's how I got to know him. They have a very similar style where they take something that's gritty and something that's like. Uh, more like known as like a seedy kind of environment mm-hmm. and they bring that literary like 
depth and characterization to it. Were you into uh, the TV show House? Yeah. Uh, that actor. Really? Yeah. The house actor? Uh, what is his name? Hugh Laurie. Hugh Laurie wrote a book He like wrote that? A, a detective book called The Gun Seller, I believe. I'm going to have to watch that. It was that. pretty fucking good, actually. Read that. Really? So you read it? I own it. I can own it to you. Please. That's, that's the book recommendation I'm taking. We're giving you 10 books. I'm taking one book. What are you taking? Write into ScottCast. Get a free t-shirt. So that's Archer. That's the Archer Files. And now we're on to the poetry segment. Are you excited? Oh, I'm first. I'm going to go first after I reset the cameras. Okay. I got to pee. Okay. That's good. All right. We're back with a breaking update. That's right. David messaged in. And we have to call in the status of the bet me and Ian made. Whether or not Ian... Whether or not David would have tuned in to that episode that we listened to before we recorded. Now, this is a sticky situation, isn't it? It is. Because he did listen to the episode before we finished recording this episode. We're in the middle of recording. We're in the middle of recording it. So does the bet start at the start of recording where we were going to be like, you know what, David, you lose. This is a nebulous gray area, isn't it? We're in the middle of recording... And we said that if he didn't listen by the time we started the next episode, we would make fun of him. Alas, he's telling us he's listening now. So what do we do? Do we, do we bash him for it? Well, let's read what he said. I'm at the gym on the treadmill watching the video, and suddenly these hosts keep pointing at me. And all of a sudden, I'm thinking, is this a dream? Did you inceptionize me, Scott? And does Ian even know how to pronounce the Japanese word Kurama? K-U-R-A-M-A. I don't have text. Sounds like Ian owes you a box of Ganesh sticks. Which is fine by me. I'll accept the Ganesh sticks. We didn't really specify. We didn't specify about all these. There's a lot of... Uh... Yeah, I, I wouldn't accept a box from Ganesh sticks. But I do want to know if... I do want to know whether we're happily wrong about David. Mm -hmm. Did we push and prod him too much to listen? I don't know. I mean, it's nice that he's listening. It is nice that he's listening. And now he's going to be listening to this. On the treadmill, perhaps, even. He obviously wasn't listening previous to this. Keep working out. (laughs) Come on, you got to get that heart rate up. You're freaking slowing down, man. You're getting old. You feel it, don't you? You feel it. You feel the oldness coming at you, David, don't you? It's creeping into your joints. You know it's happening. You're just, you're just ignoring it. That'll mess him up. I mean, I don't know. In in the comfort of my home, as I was listening, I heard him say Kodama. 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 And that means tree spirit. That is a tree spirit. But he meant Kurama, which is just a nine-tailed spirit, not necessarily a fox spirit, which changes things for me because I wanted a fox. Yeah. So internet doesn't specify fox. The image search. They look like foxes. I guess that's enough for him to be right then. I don't know. This feud I must continue. I think, I think I need to get David on to respond in kind. And uh, lob, lob, lob a thing. Because right now you've got the whole platform. And it sounds like this is a more complicated issue. And maybe we, we might have to have a three-person three pod soon. I, you know, this doesn't clear him from his... Crimes against the Irish people. Okay, <laughs> he's still <laughs> he's still racist against the Irish. <laughs> there you go. Okay, that's what that means. <laughs> Breaking news segment over. We're gonna continue the book segment, and then we will transfer to the audio pod. Are you excited for the? I'm excited for the audio pod. We got some great I don't things even know coming, what's up. coming up on the audio pod. We're, we're talking about all your near death experiences. Oh shit. That's right. There's at least four. <laughs> at least. <laughs> That's just the stuff we could think up right now. And then we're going to talk about um, how terrible video games are these days. If you'd want to hate on video games with us. They are terrible. But I'm more excited about the near-death experiences, honestly. <laughs> we got Sonnets by Jorge Luis Borges. And I'm going to be, we're going to be real quick with the book countdown because I'm so excited about Ian's death. Okay. <laughs> but the Sonnets by Jorge Luis Borges... Uh, he's a Spanish writer, so all of these poems are in Spanish, 
in English. And they're all sonnets, and he's known for short short fiction writing. He's a lot like Lauren Groff, really. I wonder if she borrowed a lot from his style uh, in that he writes a lot with magical realism. He was obsessed with labyrinths. He was obsessed with all those kind of things. And his work deals a lot with the mystical and the death, and he deals a lot with uh, accepting life and and all and all the things that you can't necessarily grasp as a human. Okay. It's fantastic. I would get this is this this poetry book is probably my most read poetry book. Uh, any any kind of poetry like maybe I'll even let me see here. I'm I'm not gonna read poetry to you guys. So let's hear yours. I'm I'm excited for that. Mine. I've got this planet is doomed by Sun Ra. Uh, show the camera, man. Sun Ra. This is one of my favorite musicians as well. He does a lot of free jazz stuff, or did, while he was with us on this earth. It's called Casting Shadows. I am trying to find myself, find the idea from which I sprang, find the forest whereof I know it lives, find the trees whereof I am alike. There are no roots or trees in, on city pavements, in blase mines. Let me find trees like myself, the same height as I, the same kind as I, that I might raise my limbs in majesty to the sky, the same as they, trees of kindred spirit, trees attuned to me, whose leaves rustle with music, soft accompaniment of the winds. Trees who do not dwarf me in any way, hiding the sunlight from my face. Trees to whom I am not a giant, unalike, alien, strange, casting shadows in their way. Trees that are not scrawny, malcontent, ill-inclined to ugliness. Trees that are themselves as I am myself. Trees that I can always call my living friends. I gotta say, Ian... This guy sounds like a filthy communist. <laughs> what draws you to Sun Ra's poetry? I, I expected Sun more Ra. death than destruction from the title of the... If you're familiar with his music, he's like... Oh, that's right. He's a free jazz musician. So it's described as Afrofuturism. It's about self-awareness and self-empowerment in that, that poem especially. It's really about belonging, right? Yeah, that's what I was reading. I was that's 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 what led to me thinking he was a filthy communist. <laughs> <laughs> He's all about making sure everybody uh, is equal and that no one towers over yeah. the other and that everyone seems to be in a in a fair and balanced state. He seeks he seeks balance with in a, a natural balance and permanent balance with the metaphor with the trees and the forest. Beautiful? It's a beautiful idea. That poem specifically is pretty earth-based, but again, the book, it's the science fiction poetry of Sun Ra. It gets very cosmic, and it's kind of larger scale, spirals out. Like you start hearing from Ziltoy the Magnificent. <laughs> exactly. Or the Omniscient. The Omniscient. <laughs> That's right. That's where it started. For our last book we have on Scott Cat's book reads, we, you just, we just gave you ten reads right there. Nine reads right there, and here's the tenth. I like to use Scott Cast to help promote local artists and amongst these local artists is one of my favorites as you well know Ian uh, Miss Emily Rose she's got an excellent book of poetry out look at this called Cemetery Tea Party and it's a wonderful bit of very visceral uh, poetry mm -hmm. a lot of uh, a lot of epiphany kind of structure a lot like James Joyce where things are very tight and concise and lead to a certain realization without smacking you in the face with it. Fantastic book. I really Sorry. wanted to bring the Book of Limericks on. They have Emily Rose and Ian Dixon and Bronwyn Dixon all collaborated together to create a small little book of dirty limericks based on towns in Michigan. Uh, maybe that, I mean, really, that deserves a full read-through, though. This is if, a, this... if we could have located it... Oh, next, like, what do we do? I definitely have it around my house somewhere. Yeah. And I just don't know where I put it at this point. But I definitely have it somewhere. And when when I find it, it's that's going to be the show. There it's, have been chatterings of a volume two. I think volume two should be released through Scott Cast. <laughs> we'll do a live Scott Cast reading. We'll have to clear that with the artists. We'll, we'll have to do that. But I want to take it over. <laughs> 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 and we'll start by reading volume one.
Cemetery Tea Party, Emily Rose, local Detroit artist. Support your local artists. We haven't asked you to give us any money yet, but we are asking you to give local artists money. We're priming you to give money away. Don't worry. We'll start having paid things for you soon. All sorts of things. We're going to make bonus pods. We're going to make feature films, graphic novels. We're going to have a cruise line eventually. Are we? I've got a lot of plans for Scott Cast. We're going to be the pinnacle of entertainment. You don't understand this, Ian. You're, you're on the tip of a tidal wave right now. And we're about to crash into the whole world. <laughs> so this concludes our video portion. If you want more Scott Cast and you can't get enough Scott Cast, we've got plenty of Scott Cast coming up for you. We're going to talk about all the many ways that Ian Dixon has avoided the fate of death. We're, call, we're going to call the segment Final Destinian. Like the movie Final Destination. You know, but with Ian. So tune in. Come get that Scott Cast. That's right. Hello and welcome back to the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as Scott Cast. This is the continuation of the video for episode 10, our literary version. We just got done telling you 10 books that you need to add to your list. And I'm very excited to hear, hear the... See, see the New York Times bestseller list start getting dominated by our recommendations. I'm very excited. So you make sure if you're listening and you're tuning in, you buy a few copies of each of those books. I feel like we should do this more often. I, uh, I don't get as much time to read for pleasure as I would. We should. And so now you have an excuse. So you have to yeah. read so you can bring it on to ScottCast. I got this whole list of shit that I got to read now. That's right. It's like, so you got two books from you for me. <laughs> one I've already kind of tackled, and the other one's very short poetry. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I have huge lo- volumes of lore for you to consume. Yeah. That's I okay. Mean, yeah, all I read these days are... They're smooth reads are what I've recommended. Like, none of them yeah. feel long. Like, like they all, they all I, I conquered them all in a few days without having to take my whole day to read them. That's my problem, is I'm, like, reading therapy, man. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> gonna be a long slog. It's, it's not real exciting. <laughs> you can't you can't base your your reading experience on torturing yourself. In my continued quest to better Scottcast, to make a better broadcast for everybody, because I eventually want to dominate podcasting, and if I'm gonna dominate podcasting, I don't want to bring it down. I want to bring it up. So I want to be a good podcaster. And I've been Googling things and seeing what it takes to be a good podcaster. And I found this list of tips, 10 things that you should know about podcast, things to keep you on the right track and to make you a podcast legend. I thought it would be nice to bring it to the show and read it out loud and see how we're doing. See how we're doing. Number one, unless you and your co-host are major celebrities, are we? We've got like 18 (laughs) listens per episode. Absolutely not. Okay. So no one wants to hear 10 minutes of off-topic banter before we get to the actual topic. But what if our topic is off? Actual topic is off-topic banter. I feel like that's our shtick. That's our thing. That's what we do. Is we this entire this entire portion of our lives is off-topic. That's the point. We can't make it an on-topic segment. We can't make it an on-topic podcast. It, it says to take the advice of the late great Tom Petty. Don't bore us. Get to the chorus. What does that mean? What's our chorus? We don't have a chorus. So what do we do? And we're not not worth shit, and that we should just give up. I guess. Well, that's what the therapist says. I think we should keep going. Let's go to number two. Well, I mean, I'm saying that's what I hear from this this fellow. I don't think this fellow knows what they're talking about. I don't. I this don't Aaron Aaron Mankey fellow. I'm really all about the details, personally. Yeah, I like the details. I like the I like getting to know. I like the organic conversations. A review we've had. Yeah. Uh, from about our podcast mm-hmm. recently from a listener. They enjoyed listening to our organic conversation. And they, they even experienced ASMR-like feelings, not even from the ASMR segment we did last episode, but just from listening to us converse naturally. Oh. So we are, we are, we are scintillating and titillating people in their nervous systems. Just suck on that. Whatever it is. Yeah, Aaron Mankey. With Aaron your, Mankey. Get to the chorus. You know what? Maybe, maybe that's what you have to do. You have to get to some crazy hook just to get people to listen to you but us we just 
We just pod so smooth. It's good for everybody. Number two, stop trying to crowdfund your unknown brand new podcast. We don't really do that. We don't crowdfund. I don't ask any money from, and if I do, it's for a product. It's not, I'm not asking you to give money so that this podcast can continue. This is a free podcast and it will always be a free podcast. Damn it. That is my decree. This Scottcast is for all. Scottcast is available for all. Maybe there's going to be bonus episodes you'll have to pay for. I'll totally do that. Get some exclusive guests, play some games, stuff like that. Themed episodes, like the Christmas episode. Don't pay for the Christmas episodes. Pay for the Christmas episodes. You gotta have the Christmas episodes. They're the best episodes. And right now, Ian's a little bit inebriated, but imagine six of us twice as inebriated. That's a Christmas episode. That's one time a year kind of thing. (laughs) So we don't crowdfund. And three, don't be a slime ball on social media. Now, I do post a lot on social media about ScottCats. It's pretty much all I talk about. I've even started posting more about non-ScottCats things on social media because I don't want to seem like I'm just throwing out a million ScottCats links all the time. I, I just want it to look like I'm super into social media, and I just happen to have a couple ScottCats links in there. I don't think it's working. I think I just look like I've got a million ScottCats links. I've only posted a couple wry comments and my status updates to compete with the ScottCast promotions. But it's too little. Maybe I am a slime ball on social media. So so far that's so far that's two out of three that we're failing at. Okay. And the and the other one we're just kind of skirting around. So four, maybe don't expect overnight success. Well we've had overnight success. <laughs> <laughs> I call them then that over a dozen listeners that we have, that is my success. That warms my heart every night. Knowing we depends how you define success, right? Yeah, Scott Cast is a success from the start. Growth is success, so we're we're doing all right. It's I should call it Scott Cast, the successful, super colorful, original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as Scott Cast. Five, do something unique. What's more unique than Scott? Done. Six, related, listen to learn not to copy. We don't copy anybody. I think other people copy us mostly. I copy a lot of Tom Steve Dave aspects, actually. <laughs> I copy a lot of that. The Christmas episode, for instance. <laughs> That's a Tom Steve Dave thing for sure. I think, uh, I mean, most successful artists copy things. They they draw inspiration from other areas and yeah. kind of make it their own. Yeah, you steal like an artist. Copying, stealing, I mean. I mean, so, okay, that's just it. We, we classify Scott Cast as an art cast. There you go. This is art. So we're stealing, but because it's art. Seven, I get that you want to do your show in seasons. This doesn't make any sense. No one wants to do shows in seasons. Eight, speaking of release schedules, make one commit to it. We have been excellent at For the last coming out with stuff. Three, four weeks, we've been solid on the weekly thing. Yeah, two a week. That's pretty freaking good for podcasting. That's pretty good for any entertainment outlet. I'm beating I'm beating network TV shows when it comes to frequency and reliability. Because because network TV shows is like if any freaking live event happens in the freaking world, then you know what? Your little season of you've been waiting seven freaking days to watch twenty eight minutes of a of some sort of sitcom. Well, now you're going to have to wait four more weeks because we're covering some sort of sports ball. You know what I'm saying? You're going to have to wait 12 more weeks because of the Winter Olympics. Who cares about the Winter Olympics? It's just a bunch of people throwing freaking snowballs at each other, thinking they're fit, taking steroids, crying out loud. Nine, ooh, here's my favorite. You aren't the authority of whether or not your show is good. Well, (laughs) I got news for you, Austin Cleon, or ever who your name is. I am the authority on whether Scott Cast is good. Whose name is on the front of this podcast? You don't like Scott Cast and how we pod. I don't like you. Well, that's not true. We have a very unique taste. (laughs) That would exclude a lot of people from even liking if they had to like my pod. That's not true. I just like you a lot if you like this pod. Ten, stop looking for sponsors early in the game. I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to prove you wrong, guy, with your list on the internet. I'm going to do all... I'm going to keep Scott casting the way I Scott cast. Oh, smell that Ganesh stick. That's right. Ganesh sticks. They're the best sticks, and they are our first fake sponsor. (laughs) And I will stay loyal to them as a fake sponsor for as long as we don't have a real sponsor. (laughs) Ganesh sticks. They're the best sticks. And now for my favorite segment, the segment I've been waiting for, Final Destiny. 
This segment focuses on Ian Dixon's brushes with death, and we rank them. We determine on a scale of 0 to 10 how life-threatening this was and how cool it was. So on a scale of 1 to 10, we take those two factors, kind of do some algorithms in our Mm -hmm. head. You can can always write in to hotforscottcast at gmail.com with your opinion on Ian's death. Provide us with your algorithms, please. Provide us with your thinking process behind how you rate the ways Ian Dixon almost died. Now, the first time we had this segment, Final Destiny Ian, we didn't call it that. We just talked about how your car almost killed you. Yeah. That was pro- that, that's probably one of the most intense times. <laughs> that was... Right off the gate. That was a absolutely near-death experience, yeah. Hospital, all that. Your car filled with carbon monoxide, you passed out, and you ran into a light pole. Yep. That's that's the gist of it. That is that is frightening. That's, that's out of your control. That is just straight up act to God. I give it an eight out of ten. That was Scottcast episode one, yeah. Yeah, Scottcast episode one, according to the con- current <laughs> <laughs> numbering system, as of airing episode ten. Assuming I don't get whimsical, <laughs> that is number one. It's uh, it's the podcast titled. The Littlest Death. Mm-hmm. And it's where we review a, a B movie titled Necromantic. You know, because we were we were talking about his near death experience, and then we decided to check talk. that out if you're interested in me dying. We have other death experiences that you want to talk about. Yeah, I've got a few. Uh, recently, uh, you got tested for consumption. Yeah, but that, that was less of a, a near death experience and more so a, a uh, employment requirement. But. Here's the deal. <laughs> With you, like the like the games that we play at your house that are we have we play these uh card games that mm-hmm. are that feature a lot of uh morbid things, morbid themes and like like the po- point of it is like you have to have a family and you have to give them the worst lives possible. Yeah. And so consumption, it seems like, it just seems like down your alley. It seems just, like something that would take me out. Yeah, like I, w- I could see you dying a miserable Russian winter <laughs> death consumption in an alley. Like like your whole life being Ian Dixon, the normal person that, you know, your normal day-to-day activities. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're in an alley dying of consumption in the 19th century. I could just imagine that. That wouldn't surprise me. So cool factor for the possibility of you dying of consumption is 10 out of 10 because (laughs) (laughs) that just suits you so well. Like to go out like like some Edgar Allan Poe character Mm -hmm. to to die of some like debilitating uh, illness that that took out many score of people in like the 19th, 18th century. Right. Something during these Russian hard scrabble times. In reality, you weren't even afflicted with anything. It was just yeah. a it was it's, just a shot you had to take, right? Or something. Yeah. They they inject a little bubble and it goes away and you're you're clear. If it doesn't go away then you may be maybe you're gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> Mine went away like immediately but I had to wait two to three days to, to get it checked and it was they were like, Oh yeah, you're fine. Yeah. Well, that's good that you don't have consumption. Good. So that's zero out of ten, and when you multiply zero times ten, you get that would be zero. That's right. So my algorithm puts that as a zero versus the eight. But, that was I the mean, card. I don't know. It was a one for cool because that's just harrowing. <clears throat> I don't know. You want to hear about other work-related uh, near-death experiences? I very much do. <laughs> you know, I don't. You know, I can't get enough of listening to the ways you almost rush with death. Wasn't that long ago, honestly. It was probably a few uh, years, four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. Everything's always five years. Five. We'll call it five. Let's call it five. <laughs> so I was working with uh, adults with traumatic brain injuries, mm-hmm. and uh, they tend to be kind of impulsive. Usually, traumatic brain injuries—they're like frontal lobe. It's like car accidents. So you're like kind of similar to uh, concussions. Mm-hmm. There's like the, the trauma to the frontal lobe and then it rebounds and the occipital gets kind of fucked up sometimes. So you know, that, that impairs judgment and that impairs uh, impulse control and all that stuff. So I was working with adults who had these sort of injuries. Part of my job was like driving them around, taking them where they needed to go to take care of their business. Well, I had a young man who, uh, I mean, he had a, he had a number of errands to run. 
got kind of complicated and he got frustrated because there was like kind of too much to do and we were trying to simplify things for him like uh, you can pay your phone bill or you can get a haircut I'm like what do we want to do and he was like oh, I'm going to get my haircut and there was a wait and he was like oh well, fuck this I'm going to go pay my phone bill and I was like oh we're kind of running out of time for getting these things done mm-hmm. like maybe we should wait for tomorrow you're trying to you're trying to just instill just the reason of the day we're just trying to like like there's only so much time to smooth the situation out, right? Like, mm-hmm. like, we only got so much time, like, we can do one thing. One thing at a time, just do it. And he's like... Just doing your job. He needs to get everything done, understandably. Like, it, it wasn't his fault or anything. So he's he's all frustrated, and he's kind of starting to get belligerent. Right. Right? So, like, we need to get all this shit done, or I'm gonna fucking punch you in the face. And I was like, oh... oh. We can't go out in public and have you be, like, cussing at me and punching me in the face. Like, we're going to either do this one thing or we're going to go back home. Mm -hmm. So he's like, okay, we're going to go pay my phone bill. I was like, okay. And so we got to turn left out of this parking lot that's, like, right on the corner. And it's, like, impossible to turn left. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because the light... It's it's fucking up traffic, and it's it's gonna take a while to get out of this parking lot. And he's like, "Go, go, you bitch! Oh, you have blah blah." Yeah, and just he's being very derogatory. Very, very much like he's cussing me out because I'm not turning in front of traffic to get out to pay his phone bill. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're we're gonna get it done. Like, chill out. Like, I can't take you out if you're gonna be cussing at me. And I finally get get turned to where we're going and. And like slinged one more term at me. I don't remember what it was. And I was like, okay, so we're going home. Because like I warned you, I set the line. Set the line. He crossed the line. He crossed the line. So we turned into the the uh, apartment complex, and he's like, uh, what are, what are you doing? Where are we going? Oh. I'm like, oh, we're 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 going back because you I set the line and he crossed the line. So he was like, uh, fuck this shit, and he punched me in the face while I was driving. Good lord, you're not you're not very lucky behind a wheel. And I was like, oh. <laughs> you get into car accidents and uh, into, like motor vehicle problems in way different ways than most people do. I was like, wait, this isn't okay. I'm being assaulted. And battery. And I'm driving. Pull over. I think he threw it into park, actually, while we were moving. Threw it into the park and punched you in the face? Yeah. Good lord. And I was like, okay, I'm going to get out of here. Mm-hmm. I need to keep me safe. Yeah. So I take the keys, pull them out. I open the door. I'm st- I got a foot out of the door. All of a sudden, I'm being choked from behind. Good lord. And I'm like, oh, I might die now. Over what? Because you couldn't get the chores done on time. And I was like, oh shit, this is not good. Alright, so he released you though, obviously. Yeah, so I was like, oh, uh, what's going on right now? I got like the chin down to clo- to kind of protect my windpipe, mm-hmm. but he, was, he had a pretty tight hold. And there was like joggers passing by and they're like, oh, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, go on. We're good. There we go. We're just, just, we're cheap. Yeah, just getting d- choked out. Don't worry about it. We're good. Here's the deal. I've never really been in a fight. I'm like, yeah. And so, like, so like, I don't know how I experienced that situation. I almost got into a fight once. I was at this party, and I didn't really know how to drink too well. Mm-hmm. And people were handing out shots, and I was like, oh, these shots are tasty. I'll have a few. I'll have a few. I'll have a few. Mm-hmm. And pretty soon, I, I, I wasn't in the right mind. Right? Yeah. I had... I had drinking you, too much when you swallow the shots. Yeah, and I drinking too much, and I wasn't quite, I wasn't quite all there. Yeah, you could say. Uh, Mumford and Sons came on, and I didn't like Mumford and Sons. That's not. Yeah. Turned out Mumford and Sons <laughs> was on for a reason, and that reason. That's fighting time. <laughs> no, it wasn't that fighting time. That reason was the host of the party really liked Mumford and Sons. I I was railing against Mumford and Sons, and the host comes up to me. And says, you better stop talking about Mumford and Sons like that. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I don't know, man. I don't like Mumford and Sons. They're generic. They were never in the Dust Bowl. They're like English. It doesn't make any sense as a band. They're just a pop band that pretends they're from the Dust Bowl. Oh, this person. She was about to pop me one real good. <laughs> <laughs> Ended up getting carted out of there, carried in by all fours, uh, like an emergency medic. Yeah, that's the closest thing I've ever come to a fight. You've you've been in an actual fight, and I would rank the cool factor of that fight because of the situation. It's just very serious. It's zero. You're calling me being choked in a car a fight? Yeah, I mean I, it wasn't a good fight. You were lost. I lost. You lost terribly. 
<laughs> I have other almost fights. We'll we'll save that for other podcasts. That's right. So I gave up my back because I'm trying to get out the door. Yeah. That's a that's a fucking mistake. Don't give up your back. Never give up your back. Always Fellas. face. Your you didn't opponent. think you were gonna learn something on Scott. Guys, <laughs> when are you gonna learn how to save your own life? I'm giving real entertainment. Here. So if you do give up your back and you fuck yourself, chin to chest, protect your airway. So he's got me in a chokehold, mm-hmm. and I'm like trying to get out of the car. And I could have solicited assistance from passerbys, but I decided not to. Right. Because I was such a good worker that I didn't, I didn't want to get my my client in any trouble. Yeah, you understood what was going on. He's got some some deficits, and I didn't mm-hmm. want him to go to jail because that's not where he's gonna get help. I'm in the car. I'm getting choked. I got the keys in my hand. What's going on? What do you need? He's like, take me to the to pay my fucking bill. And I was like, I can't drive when you're choking me. And he's like, oh, you let me go. See, that's the th- that's why I have you as a co-host because no one can defeat your logic. <laughs> Even the most tense situations, you just deploy a little bit of a logic bomb. Things are diffused. Things and then are the here's the most plane. important part. I get out of the car, and he gets out of the car, and he's still like kind of jacked up. He's like, he like thinks yeah. we're gonna fight or something. And I just keep the car between me and him. He moves. That's what I would way. do if there was a polar bear. I move. I move the ways that the car is between us. And this is how police should handle situations with people that they think are threats. I mean, I'm not gonna comment on the politics there. I know we're we're getting into politics again about police. That's not Scott Cast territory. Oh, for sure not. I'm just saying, I had any legitimate reason to act violently towards this person. This person, like, maybe he choked me. He could have maybe murdered me. I put a car between me and him, and we worked it out, and it was all right. Well, there you go. I'm glad that worked out. That's all I'm saying. I, it's all you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get me to you can't get me to trick me. <laughs> so just do that. Remember, I've got one card left, and that card is talking about an inane subject known as video games. Video games. Let's so, get to that. So, so you can try to get me into talking about police procedures <laughs> and and all these all these things happening in the news, but I can, I've always got this on my side. See, I never liked. So you tell me you've never liked superhero movies, and that's one of the reasons why you were so skeptical of Black I, Panther in the beginning. I mean, there's, I liked Tim Burton's like first Batman movie. Like right. There's, there's I mean, exceptions, that's a, but that's like a Tim Burton movie. Yeah, I mean, that's what that is. Uh, but like generally. Superhero movies, I'm not really into. I mean, I was, I've, I've, I liked them, but then they, then then it became like it just, it's like oversaturated. Yeah. People, they think they're Scott Cast posting like two movies a freaking week <laughs> from Marvel Cinematic Universe. I mean, I liked Spider Man, but I mostly liked the game because it was super immersive. Mm-hmm. There's a super immersive world that could like rivaled Grand Theft Auto, except you were Spider Man, so that was like super cool. You could yeah, fly around, you could beat up thugs. You know, you can practice your karate and stuff and check things out. And it was fun because you get to be Spider-Man in a, in a giant, sprawling New York City. It's been 10 years since I've even played games. I just get tired of... I just, I'm just not... I just don't like the grinding aspect with video games. Yeah. It's, it seems like the most pointless waste of time to, to devote hours to a video game completing a repetitive task. But it seems like almost every game consists of that these days. And maybe I'm an old fogey. Maybe this is just Scott being like, you know, I'm back in my day. <laughs> well, you were comparing that to, to the books, going back to visual cast here. That's right. That, that totally makes sense that we wouldn't want to repeat the same sentence over and over because that would be stupid. That's, that's right. That's right. Because <laughs> so, like, I can read through a book and I can be consistently reading through a book. And the thing with video games is that they make you to get to the next level to get to the next part of the story in the game. Mm-hmm. The, usually the thing that you know, I'm more interested in. Like in Pokemon, yeah. like I'm using an emulator. And with an emulator, you get built-in cheats. And the, I use the cheat strategically. I don't. I don't use it to just win everything immediately. But I do use it to so that I can train my Pokemon super fast. I just. I just do one battle and it does all the leveling I need. Mm. I don't because I don't want to sit there grinding, fighting Pidgeys for five hours trying to get my Weedle to look like a bee. <laughs> <laughs> when I could just cheat and get that done right away and advance in the story and check out all the you know the nostalgic experience. You can run through Pokemon in like three hours 
And like, so that, so that's like watching two movies. And if you just use these cheats and do the speed through and, you know, slow down when you want to appreciate it, like you're reading. But the problem I have with games is that it's like to get to the next chapter, it's like you read a whole chapter and then you have to read the last sentence of the chapter over and over and over and over and over and over and over again until finally, for some arbitrary reason, the next chapter is unlocked for you. And I hate that lazy development because all they're doing is they're trying to be like, okay, so well, you played the game for like five hours. Wasn't that fun? You played for five hours. You wasted five hours. And then people are like, yeah, I loved it. I was playing for five hours. Uh, It was great. But you know what? It wasn't great. You're just a rat in a Skinner box. You know, you're just pressing buttons, getting, getting treats, thinking you're earning something. But all you're doing is doing the same repetitive, read a book, develop a game that's not... So grind mythology. That's my Scott Cast rant for the for the end of this Scott Cast. So that was a nice Scott Cast. Yes. A shout out to BF Skinner. Yeah. Yeah. You and not me. Yeah. I did that for you. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, because you're my one of my main <laughs> listeners as well as a co-host. One of the twelve. Yeah, one of the dozen. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I gotta. I try to make my. Podcasts appeal, appeal to my audience, and when I have a dozen people, that means I'm asking that dozen people, "Hey, what do you, what kind of stuff do you like to hear?" <laughs> I'll talk about it. I'm a sellout to the highest degree. I'm immediately a sellout. I sold out Scott Cast before I started, and so I hope everybody in the Scott Cast audience feels understood after this amazing, glorious milestone tenth episode. So somebody should uh, send us some emails or something. Please send us an email, and the first email I get that's better than saying that I should get a dog instead of a cat for some reason, for no reason. They didn't provide any supporting reasons. If you give me something that's a little bit better than that, I will design and send you a t-shirt. That, a very comfy one, too. Not, not, I won't cheap out. It'll be a very nice, custom, one-of-a-kind, Scott Cass branded t-shirt. And it won't just have the logo. It'll be a cool design. It'll be funny, maybe. If you, like. <laughs> <laughs> if you think we're funny, then it might be funny. You know, we're hitting this. It'll be a caricature of me being choked by someone. Probably. Alrighty, with that said, have a week. <laughs> <laughs>